How's it going out there in podcast oh, I'm good. land? On YouTube. Oh, oh you're talking to other people. Mm-hmm. I'm talking mm-hmm. to the blanketed lady across from me now. <laughs> that's yes. uh, that's uh, Chili Chevronport. And this is uh, Drogzy. Don't you talk that way about my mama. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was, all right. I'll give know. you an A for effort. Yeah, that's something. I mean, you shouldn't talk that way about my mama. If you exactly. are out there it's, talking about my mama. It's a thing Dave says all the time. Yeah. So, like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm all, I'm all cozy in this blanket that has an American flag and an eagle on it. Mm-hmm. We call it America Blanket. America Blanket. The coziest of blankets. <clears throat> it is super cozy. And we record in a basement, so it's nice and chilly down here, and I like to do the snuggles. So we're in that magical time of the year where I don't have to pay for air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to extend that period out to where I don't have to pay for heat for a while either. That's okay. I like to be frigid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in every sense of the word. I think word. it's about 71 degrees in the house. That's perfect. Yeah, it's not bad. It's perfect. I, like, if I have to put the air on usually 76 just feels slightly too warm for me Mm -hmm. and 74 is like a sweet spot but 71 i can deal with yeah right so i'm into it yeah it's not bad yeah so how was your week (sighs) you talking to me or them everybody Mm. but i'm looking at you my week sucks yeah i knew that (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying not to think about it too much tonight Mm -hmm. uh we were recording Mm -hmm. on a sweet new lappy that i was uh, that i was given for work pretty nice um so uh this is thanks to old old papa laird for this one um hat tip to papa laird uh yeah other than that not too too bad i i got some i got some things going on Uh uh-huh i got a new tattoo Yes, that's right. You have not talked about that on this show. I haven't. I got it on Friday. It was Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. which I love Friday the 13th. There was a time <laughs> when I thought if I were to get married, I would get married on a Friday the 13th. Yeah. And it just so happens that some of our really good friends, Mike and Katie, did get married uh, on Friday. Yeah. And the 13th. It was yeah, the 13th. And it was a really, really great wedding. I had a lot of fun. Um, everyone looked gorgeous. Did, but you, did you know that next year, Friday the 13th, falls on Halloween for like the first time in like 10 oh, years? Oh, does it really? Yeah, Friday oh. the 13th falls on Halloween. Definitely going to get another tattoo. I, I busted you. Ugh. Halloween's always on the 31st. Oh so my we... God, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> now see, people fall for it all the time because you just don't think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm do we sorry. have to keep that in? Yeah, so we do. Stupid. Hey, I fell, I fall for it like once oh, every five years. God, it just adds <laughs> another layer to my self-loathing. No, no it's anyway. just one of those things that, I mean, I'm, I'm saying I do the same thing. It's I just don't think about right. it. Right, right. It's like the, oh God, what's the riddle that it's like, you ask people like what certain letters spell and then yeah. you ask what e-y-e-s spells and they can't put it together that it spells eyes because the other words that you've asked them to spell are oh like, they're like they set them up to think the wrong thing right yeah right yeah i don't know what it is it's just something about the nature of like human just, thought brains are real stupid <laughs> yeah they're real bad at stuff <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm going to forget that I, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That I did that. It's okay. Um, 
so we we went to that wedding, but before we went to the wedding, I um, decided to stand in line for a tattoo special, a mm-hmm. Friday the 13th tattoo special. So they had 50 different designs, but you didn't get to see them until you went to the shop because they don't want anyone imitating their designs or yeah. anything like that. So they had $13 designs and $31 designs. Mm-hmm. I waited in line for like an hour and a half. Um, it really wasn't too bad. It was a beautiful day. It's a magical I, day. It was. It's a magical day. <laughs> um, I chose a design, and I paid for it, and the cost didn't line up with what I chose. Like it, they charged me for a more expensive one, but the one I thought I bought was yeah. like a less expensive one. And I questioned them on it, and they're like, "Well, you could go look at the thing again," but I didn't want to like jump back in line and do that so it was like no it's it's fine if you're saying that's the cost that's the cost I'm not, yeah. it's not super expensive well when i went to get the tattoo luckily i looked at the um the flash art the the stencil first yeah and realized that that was not what i picked right and i mentioned it but when i looked closer at the design i went you know what I like it better. Yeah. I already paid for it, so let's just do that one. And I, I'm really, really happy with it. It's a nice sort of like 13 in serif Roman numerals. Yeah. Uh, with the interiors fleshed out in a red gradient that goes from like black to Yeah, red. it's actually supposed to be purple. Yeah. But it's more like a pinky purple, and it kind of ended up looking just kind of red, but it looks really nice. It looks sweet. Yeah, I'm really happy with it, yeah. and I'm not feeling too much pain or anything from it it was it was friday so it's already been a little bit yeah i'm getting a little bit i'm scabbing up a little bit right slightly itchy but it hasn't been bad at all gotta pop that vanna cream on it yeah i got Mm. that nice moisturizer for sensitive skin with Mm -hmm. no dyes or fragrances and plus the wedding was really nice yeah that day (laughs) um so i did that crazy thing and then you meanwhile you had to go and set up for the wedding, because you were officiating. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I set up speakers and a microphone and, uh... Two turntables and a microphone? <sighs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> there, 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 I don't even know Where that there at? was a turntable there uh, at the reception. I'm not even sure. <clears throat> no. I'm pretty sure it was all digital the anyway. The DJ played from a yeah. computer or something. But, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was great. My friends Katie and Mike got married. I married the hell out of them. You married them so hard. I married. I told them, I married you so good, you're going to be married forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, yeah. we're really, really happy for them. They're on their honeymoon right now, and I hope they're having a really yes. good time. In the spoopy town of Salem. Salem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous of that. That's cool. Especially that's this time of year. That's real cool. I'm going to make a fun topic once to talk about the uh, the witch trials, because yeah, be I, cool. I don't know how much you know about it. I, I know like a moderate amount. I know that they happened. Yeah. I know the, the gist of it, yeah. but I don't really know details. There's a lot of modern thought about what actually happened that's very interesting. Maybe one time, maybe as a spoopy Halloween episode here mm, in a couple of yeah. weeks, I'll do that. Maybe one. we should do that. We um, I know that I've heard, maybe not even specifically about Salem, but about that kind of time period of like something with wheat and like, yeah. or bread and like 
that's, LSD type effects. Yeah, that's basically what I was. That's that's the grand reveal that I would have oh, done I'm in that sorry. episode anyway. No, it's okay. We're getting it out of the way because then we know not to do it. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think if anyone doesn't know about this, that there's a there was, the running theory is that there was a fungal growth on grain stalks. Everyone that, was real high. Yeah, it was tripping balls. Yeah, that's really it. People were fucking tripping and nobody knew that that was a thing yet so like people dancing naked by the moonlight makes a lot of sense when you're high on shrooms you know yeah a lot of things make a lot of (laughs) sense when you're high on shrooms um but yeah no that's they're they're hopefully enjoying their honeymoon quite a bit uh i've got some some text messages about the spoopy nature of the place i can't wait to ask them a little bit more about it yeah yeah i'm i'm I sounds like they're having a good time. I hope they are. That sounds awesome. And within a couple of months, really cool as far as I'm concerned, is they're moving into my neighborhood. Yeah, that's going to be nice. So they're coming. First they were in Florida, and then they were in Cincy, and now they're in my neighborhood. So I've just been pulling them in on a long line <laughs> for many years. You're trying real hard. They've been, like, jumping all over the place. I'm reeling them in yeah. slowly. I'm tiring well, them out like a big fish. <laughs> You're successful. Because five minutes away, not too shabby. Do you know what time it is? Is it time for the news? It's time for the damn news. Uh huh. Ooh, I almost dropped my phone. That's not good. Uh, So, I have here for you two lies and a truth. Our regular news quiz. I have three stories. Two of them are bullshit. And one of them bullshit. is, and one of them is not bullshit. Not bullshit. Yeah, it's for real. Uh, <laughs> that sounded really weird. For real. For real. You know you don't have to say everything at the time. It, it sounds better if I say it on the side of my mouth. No one's gonna know what that oh, is. <laughs> what? What is it? That no one's gonna know what you said. Oh no, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's like halfway Buffalo Bill is what it is. Oh yeah, it's halfway Buffalo Bill. Pretty spooky. Yeah, we see a great big Ooh. fat person. Oh god, <laughs> just gave me like chills down my spine. I've been working on that for years, and I'm like nowhere it's close pretty, to where I want to be. It's pretty good. You need to modulate a little bit. Like yeah, need a little less enthusiasm in your voice. Yeah. The the normal Dave level of enthusiasm uh-huh, yeah. is just way too enthusiastic. I think maybe the face is what's throwing it. Yeah, I'm all excited. Yeah, I got. You really have to. You have to like to vo- like just void yourself of all emotion. Yeah, <laughs> easy done. Yeah, got it. <laughs> now it's gonna be perfect. All right, so news quiz again. Two false stories, one true story. If you're listening. Please play along. This is always fun. Let us know how you do. Let yes. us know how stupid we are. Let us know you never would have fallen for that uh, that uh, Friday the 13th <laughs> Halloween joke. No, everyone falls for it. <laughs> I keep falling for it. Okay. Uh, so, this is News Quiz Online Outrage Edition. Online outrage. We've been doing themes lately. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It makes it easier. Yeah, it's a little bit easier. Yeah, you focus. Yeah. Number focus. one. After an online campaign to make the University of South Florida more accessible to people with disabilities, the school hastily constructed wheelchair ramps directly over the stairs on several campus buildings. When they were found to be way too steep, a second internet campaign started, which prompted the university to hastily hire nearly two dozen attendants to help push visitors up the incredibly steep ramps. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Got it? Got it. Number two, 
Due to a sudden outcry over the offensive nature of Lucky, the Lucky Charms mascot, General Mills announces he will be replaced with a talking pot of gold of the same name. The outcry is discovered to be a complete troll, a raid originating on 4chan. Okay. All right. These are all very realistic. <laughs> Internet outrage always is. That's why I thought this one would be real real tricky. This is tricky already. I want to hear the third one. Number three. After a number of Twitter users give rise to a meme about what the correct skeletal structure of the Hamburger Helper mascot is, <laughs> the brand responds with an official answer, which looks like a normal human skeleton with four articulated arms that reach up into each of his fingers. <laughs> You got a picture of that in your head? Isn't the hamburger helper, isn't it just a hand? He's a glove. <laughs> Why wouldn't the skeleton just be a hand? <laughs> you would think. Um, it's, yeah, it's if just that's a skeleton. true, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, so, again, number one, the wheelchair ramps mm-hmm. of the University of South Florida that are way too steep. Number two, Lucky is offensive and is replaced with a talking pot of gold. Uh, it's a troll. Number three, Twitter users and the meme about what is inside the hamburger helper. And it's a creepy skeleton with four arms. Hmm. Uh, mm, it's very difficult. What's it so, gonna be? So. You wanna hear him again? <laughs> <laughs> I can say him again for you if you want. Okay, now let, let me summarize. So, okay. the, the first one is... Uh, trying to be more inclusive for mm-hmm. those with disabilities and make the ramps too steep. Mm-hmm. And then they have to hire attendants. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it really does sound like something that could happen on a college campus. But mm-hmm. I, it's like such bad planning. Like, yes. who was in that planning session? It's, it's horrendous planning. Right. It's the kind of thing you do when no you're one just, hastily like, pressured. Right. No one just like looked at the stairs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> uh, you know you should really be a, a like a city planner or a <laughs> campus planner. Someone hire me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got no experience, but I can look at stairs. But I cannot make that mistake. Right. Um, okay. <clears throat> the second one was the second one is... outrage. Mm-hmm. Lucky charms. Changes I feel into like, a talking pot of gold. Also, I feel Lucky. like I've seen Lucky Charms recently, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would have heard about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one was the <laughs> weird skeleton. Yes. Of hamburger helper, <laughs> which is like I I keep making this mistake of like choosing the ones I want to be true. Yeah. Because I don't have that much time to puzzle it through. Because it's just boring to listen to me logic through this stuff. No, I don't think so. People are at home doing the Jeopardy thing. You know, the ding, 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 ding. They're having their little deliberation. Um, But I really want that to be true. Which is why I think it's not right. Because you know me too well. Um, I'm going to go with the first one. With the college campus in the steep ramp. College campus and the steep ramp is not true. <sighs> what was true? It's the hamburger helper, baby. Is it really? <laughs> oh, no. I was so I'm close. So, I'm so sorry. 
Um, oh, geez. It's, it's, it was just too perfect. I, I know. wanted it to be true, I know. So I thought it wasn't. The, I, I will show you a photo uh, uh, just for your reaction. I, um, like, I have a picture of it in my head. I know. Well, what's great is... What's great is that basically tons of people proposed their own ideas of what's inside him. I think I might have actually seen this. This was the first tweet that got it started is which of the two is it is it basically a skull with a bunch of femurs around it Uh or is it a full human skeleton just kind of squished inside there and uh lots of people jumped on this bandwagon maybe my favorite one is this that's a skeleton with the fingers coming out yeah like a hand with like a little face on the hand like yes you would think that it would be basically a hand with a skull bone kind of integrated into it neatly people got like real weird with it (laughs) people put so much thought in someone someone used old anatomical illustrations to achieve the same effect that's so silly Um, but but basically after enough of this the the brand got in on it themselves that they tweeted simply if i must and they put this picture <laughs> of a horrifying it's just a human skeleton with two arms at each shoulder joint it's very clunky <laughs> it's so clunky it's real silly looking it, it's a really weird attempt on their part to get into the meme but, but they that's excellent <laughs> i love it when companies do that me too like <laughs> Just enjoy that that you went viral through no like through nothing you did. Yeah. Just enjoy that someone got it in their head that day to say a weird thing about your company yeah. and just jump on the bandwagon and have fun with it because if, I appreciate that. I mean, really, some of these are just downright terrifying. So if you're listening, creepy. I super recommend you go Google this. Cause yeah, look it up. They're oh, real weird. Holy hell! Uh, what this person said it best. That's enough internet for today. <laughs> Um, Seriously, anyways. oh god! Yeah, I'm sorry. I really wanted you, I really wanted you to get this one. Well, I, I'm trying to because I've been wrong on every single one of these. I've been trying to just not go with the one I immediately yeah. just want it to be. Yeah, and it backfired this time. Well, the longer really we go on, our record is almost the same. I only got one of these. I'm not exactly killing it either, um, and I'm yeah. probably making the same mistakes, but. Eh. But yeah, uh, shout out to our friend Chris Brady, who up to this point <laughs> said he had he had chosen right on every single one. Yeah, and he, also, fuck you. <laughs> he, told, he told us in no uncertain terms to get on his level, and it appears we are not going to do not, that. Not on your level. That <laughs> will never be. Uh, so anyway, that's the news quiz. That was a fun one. Um, yes, I enjoyed that one. You a lot. whipped that together right before the episode, and you did a real good job. <sighs> not too bad. Uh, I, we could talk very briefly about an omitted story that i did not end up using yes uh this this is a real story from today and i'll keep it brief uh was that uh, vladimir putin today uh when being interviewed at or, or he's speaking he's holding a press conference i believe about basically you know the russian economy and someone is encouraging him that russia could learn from germany's example they export you know grain and pork and a number of other products to such countries as, according to this person, I, I can't remember all the countries' name, but Indonesia, I believe it was Indonesia, was on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Indo- Indonesia is a majority Muslim country, yeah. and the the person is saying, you know, you, you, this is something we really really ought to consider. You know, they could really use this. You know, we could really sell this to Indonesia essentially. Mm-hmm. And and you know, 
Putin is laughing in the person's face, basically saying, no, they don't want that. They Trust don't want me, pork. <laughs> they don't want pork. It results in a giggle fit that he's unable to stop. Like, <laughs> I, I, I only read this story, but I'm going to, for my own edification later, watch one of the most terrifying... Stoic. S- stoic, scary fucking <laughs> Russians get into a silly little giggle fit over Muslims <laughs> and pork. Um, I mean, honestly, if you were the leader of a country and someone came to you trying to educate you in a public forum yeah. about what you should be doing to better your country, yeah, right. and their idea was to sell pork to Muslims, you'd probably <laughs> laugh your ass off too. Yeah, I right. would. I'm just surprised. It's it's just the notion of him getting into a giggle fit over anything seems so inconceivable. It does. Uh, have you seen a video of someone giving him a puppy? No. Weird. A leader of another country. Apparently, Putin is a huge dog lover. Yeah, that doesn't um, surprise me. Leader of another country gifted him a puppy. And yeah. he just, like, is so happy. Really? He, he accepts the puppy and he holds it kind of like a baby. And then eventually, like, puts it down and, like, kind of just smiles yeah. as it roams all around the area. Yeah. We should watch it. It's, we will. I mean, We're going to watch endearing videos of Vladimir of, of Putin. Vladimir Putin. Who for... is decidedly a bad motherfucker. Right. <laughs> but it's fun to watch videos of people like that surprising yeah. you by yeah. having emotions. Uh, so yeah, that one didn't make it on the list today. But God, I, when I read that, I thought that was just great. Uh, but I want to turn it over to you for our second segment of the show. I yeah. do not know what you have in mind here. I've got a couple little things. Okay. First thing... Is a crazy thing I heard about on the internet. Oh boy, is this weird shit I googled? No, I do have a weird shit I googled. Oh, okay. But this is crazy thing I heard about. <laughs> wow. I, I then googled Such it. Such depth we have on this show. Yes. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on the internet. Yeah. I, I then googled it once I heard about it, but I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. Sure. And one of my favorites that I'm in... Um, it's an offshoot of the My Favorite Murder podcast uh-huh. fan group. And someone in it, uh, we often will discuss murders, obviously. You don't or, say. <laughs> weird. And sometimes just like weird things that happen or crimes that happen uh-huh. in your area. And this person posted an article and said, this, is ha- this just happened today mm-hmm. in my hometown like where they were living and i'm gonna read you the headline okay four-year-old finds loaded handgun in macy's restroom Ooh. this is a real thing that happened Ooh. so a, a guy was out shopping or a, i guess a parent i don't know the gender of the parent but the parent was out shopping they had their four-year-old with them now the four-year-old makes it away from the parent because if so that's no. a dad I'm pretty sure it was a dad and his four-year-old daughter had to go into the bathroom. So he didn't want to go in with her because she was old enough to go in by herself. Explains everything, yeah. Right. So he stood outside the restroom while she went in. And she comes out of the bathroom holding a loaded (laughs) gun. Can you imagine... If you had a daughter, yeah. a young daughter, and she just you're like, okay, go use the bathroom, mm. and she comes out aiming a gun at you? She took the gun, but did she leave the cannoli? I mean, that's the question on all of our minds. That's certainly on my mind. And did she leave it in the toilet? Because fuck that child. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, this is a real thing that happened. Wow. And a- apparently, um, it was... 
from either some kind of security officer or a police officer. I have the article here so I can figure out okay. the details. Um, it looks like at the time, the sheriff deputies were looking into it to figure out whose gun it is. But it's thought that it's either some kind of security officer mm-hmm. or a police officer yeah. who had to stop and use a restroom. Like you do. You have to take off. They have those belts that have a bunch of stuff on it. You have to take off some stuff to be able to undo your belt and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. One of those things is the gun. Yeah. They sat it somewhere and they left it. Amazing. Now, this happens a lot. Are you serious? This is not an this, isolated This is a mini goose chase in itself. It's just how many right. times people have found guns on toilets. I did a quick Google search for like people finding guns. And I found <laughs> like two or three other articles like instantly. Wow. I didn't even do a deep dive for this. I did find an article called Bathroom Issues for Law Enforcement. Which is basically it's on a site. About like, it's called, it's on police link. Okay. This is like an article aimed at police officers about what do we do when we're on the job and we have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And it kind of discusses these issues of like, where do I go? When are appropriate and inappropriate times to go? And like, what do I do with my gun and all my stuff? Yeah. And basically they're like, don't leave your fucking gun. Like just... (laughs) Make sure you have a system yeah. and make sure you double check that you have everything before you leave and don't go at a crime scene. Mm-hmm. People, police officers have done this. First responders have done this. Do not use the bathroom at a crime scene. Just don't do that. Yeah, don't that seems that. really obvious to a me. Bad idea. Uh, go way, to the McDonald's down the street. Way better to go out in the lawn and, and, and <laughs> go to the bathroom there than at the scene of a crime. Right. So, because you never know whose poop might be important, you never know. All poop matters. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, found this one elementary kids find loaded gun teacher left in a school bathroom. So, teacher had a gun and left it in the bathroom, and the kids found it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was at a Pennsylvania Christian school. Okay, uh, here's Another one. I mean, this is just a real quick search that I did and just took the first Yeah, mini goose chase. Capital cops left guns in bathroom stalls, sources Mm. say. This is about Capitol Police. Uh, They were assigned to the security details of the top two Republicans in Congress. And they mistakenly left their Glock pistols in bathroom stalls in two separate recent incidents. So these did not happen at the same time, on the same day, <laughs> but they happened in recent succession. This happens a lot. Here's the thing about this. If I worked the kind of job that allowed me to carry a gun around, I mean, I can relate to the complete absence of thought and zen clarity of mind that follows a really nice <laughs> shit. I can totally see myself leaving a gun somewhere. But also, as... A person whose job it is to carry that gun and be responsible for it. Yeah. You have to, like that article directed at police said, have a system and you have to hold yourself very accountable. Sure. Yeah. So it's just so, so crazy to me that this is is so prevalent. Yeah. And obviously it's not just cops, security officers, or anyone who carries a gun. Yeah. Um, Just so 
You just so yeah. crazy. The bathroom is not a place I leave anything. Right. But well, I don't have to poops. take stuff like that off. Well, except poops. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me, I always laugh when I think about the one time at YSU, I was in the stall and someone had written on the wall, uh, I saw you take that shit and I'll put it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never like st- I never stopped thinking that's funny. It's great. It's like one of those jokes that's going to stay with me for my whole life. It's beautiful. Yeah. Wow, um, so that's very surprising. And then one more weird thing about that. Someone in the comments of that that post in this group said that her father found a loaded handgun in the mall at one of those massage chairs. Oh, you know wow. the massage chairs they have oh, the yeah. malls? Yeah. And it was apparently, it was like one of the security officer's guns. <laughs> and he had to wait for them to like come claim the gun from him and he had waited a while like they took their time going and claiming the gun wow so someone sat down on the job in the shiatsu massage free gun yep (laughs) yep um so that was um amazing and and props to the people in the group that posted that article Mm. and and posted that comment um that was just, I went down the rabbit hole on that one because I'm like, how often does this really happen? And the answer is pretty fucking often. <laughs> Way more often than you'd think. I guess when you have like articles of clothing that you have to completely remove, like a, like a gun belt or right. something or a holster. Right. I just never would have thought of that. Yeah. Just the the sheer pants shitting terror you'd feel when your four year old uh, comes out of a bathroom. Uh, right. Uh, I, I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Um, when your four-year-old comes out of the bathroom aiming a gun at you. Jesus. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, terrible. So, so, ir- so irresponsible, this shit. Now on to weird things I've Googled. Oh, boy. What'd you Google? I'm, I'm all about this. This is a requested feature, by the way. It has been requested to me directly that weird things I Googled comes back. It's coming back. And there's always kind of a theme to it, because one... Mostly the weird things I googled are are like strange health concerns I have because yeah. I have a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, this this one, I'm gonna give a brief warning. If you're listening with a child, I don't know why you'd be listening with a child, and you're not comfortable with biological terminology for genitalia or whatever, then at, just like at this point, we've already said so much filth. I know, but this is, your people are cool weird about if vaginas. If, <laughs> if you're listening with a kid, you got a pretty cool kids. Yeah, yeah. I want to be that kid's friend. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. <clears throat> yeah. You guys are going to learn a lot about me oh, right boy. now. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Wait, what? How, what are you going to do here? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, um, I have a vagina and, <laughs> and I menstruate monthly now and really yes this is news to me dave didn't know guys this is news to me dave didn't know well i hide it so well oh wow uh so you know once a month when i get like just just a little a little bit weird and i want chocolate (laughs) okay that's when i'm on my period oh makes sense doesn't it that's just whoo went right over my head (sighs) i just uh Perfect image of a girl hiding the dirty part. <laughs> um, no, I talk about my period a lot because I don't think it's anything I shouldn't talk about. Yeah. And I, many years ago, probably in like 2010, 
I started experiencing, usually around my period, because hormonal changes and stuff, I started to get cysts, like painful bumps around the genital area. Dave's I cannot face. believe you, you're going into this level I'm, of detail on I'm our podcast. I'm doing this, because I think it's important. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> All right. Obviously, you have, like, something painful in that region. You immediately freak out, because the immediate thought is, like, STD. Yeah, right. And so I was already going to the doctor. I had my doctor look at it, and she said, it's just, like, cysts. It's just, like, sebaceous cysts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But the the weird thing I've Googled is just Googling cysts on labia. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I had to know if this yeah. happens to other people. Yeah. And basically what I found out is that we don't talk about it, yeah. but a lot of women deal with this. Yeah. And it's, like, real painful. Honestly, talking about this on the show, if, there, if even one person hears this and goes, oh, I'm not, like, I'm not spoiled fruit. Right. <laughs> it's it's a thing that's really common. It's yeah. a thing that happens. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It can be very painful. Yeah. Um, And then I started, because I, so a little bit ago, like I said, started in 2010. What happened on and off, the treatment for it, is basically to take a very hot bath, sometimes with Epsom salts. It's mm-hmm. called a sitz bath. Mm-hmm. And the point is kind of to bring... I'm sorry, this is real gross. Dude. Bring the cyst <laughs> to the surface. Dude. <laughs> so it will pop. This but is the most confessional moment ever on the show. <laughs> the premise of anything popping that close to my business... <laughs> Is terrifying. Okay. So I've never dedicated myself to that. Mm-hmm. I've never popped them. Okay. You know, you know, I got a whole bunch of Epsom salt <laughs> upstairs. Oh, we're gonna pop them. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, I don't. It's it's so it freaks me out so bad. But that's basically the treatment for a cyst. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I just like drooled on myself. <laughs> so I they kind of like cooled off for a while. And then I, I accidentally a while ago bought fragranced pads. Oh boy! Remember when I bought I bought like two large boxes of these pads. Okay. And those made them flare up. Because don't buy pads with fragrance on them. It's just not. It's not great. So I made that mistake. And then I had to buy all new ones, and I was mad because they're yeah. so expensive. Mm-hmm. Pretty spency. Having sensitive skin is a real oh. pain in the ass. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. a pain in the veg. Oh my god. <laughs> So I thought that was going to make it better. And for a while it did. And this time around, it's just, it's been really bad. So I did a whole new round of Googling. Oh my God. Um, Because I just sometimes need to reassure myself that even though I know this is a thing that happens, that it's still a thing that happens. I don't know. Now I'm sure that WebMD assured you that you only have cancer, right? I didn't even go to Webin. Yeah, don't. I didn't go to Webin. It's always cancer. I mean, or... I kind of ended up on a site like WebMD later, but yeah. I found someone's blog about something. Now, I don't know if I have this thing. 
but I might have this thing. I'm going to talk to a doctor about it. Okay. So you're but, not, make it very clear, you're not self-diagnosing based on a blog I'm not self-diagnosis based on a blog, but I am going to discuss it with a medical professional. This is good advice for anyone listening that might have a similar problem. <clears throat> Don't diagnose yourself. See doctor. So there's a condition called hydrogenitis superativa. Yes. Basically, if you guys want to Google it, it's H-I-D-R-A-D-E-N-I-T-I-S. And then superativa is S-U-P-P-U-R-A-T-I-V-A. Okay. And the condition is recurring cysts or boils, not just in the, in like the gonad region, the genital region, is how they... That's how they say it. The groin region. Go, Ned. <laughs> That's a word I haven't thought of in a long time. I love the word go, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, it's also under armpits a lot. Uh-huh. But it's recurring boils or cysts that then come to the surface and pop and uh-huh. then scar and then you get more. And it the result can be a lot of scar tissue. Uh-huh. Now, I've never had them pop. So I don't know if necessarily I have this thing, but the fact that they've been occurring more and more and often like several at the same time makes me think I could have this thing. But also, you, you recently you switched to a non-hormonal <laughs> version of birth control, which I did, which probably has a lot of impact on like your body in ways that, that you was, wouldn't expect. That was in February, though. Yeah. So it has been several months. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, that that. Always leads to differences too. So, yeah. back when this initially started, I think I was not, I did not have a hormonal IUD yet. I think I was still taking birth control pills. Mm. But this is something I've had them through various forms of birth control with varying degrees of severity. Yeah. But, and I'll look into it and see if it's a thing I have or maybe there's something I can do to address the issue or. Or, or whatever, but god damn is it painful. Uh, and, sounds like it. And I uh, I do think it's important to talk about because we yeah. just so often, people don't want to hear about women having their periods. And, yeah. and people just go, nah, 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 nah. And I'm like, no, it's gross. Well, it's a part of life. It's a completely normal thing that happens. Yeah, right. And this is something that can go along with it or it can be associated with it. And it sucks. Yeah. If you want to commiserate, feel free to do that on any platform we have. Feel free to message us or email us if you don't want to, like, shout it from the rooftop Tell like us about I your do. private parts. Tell That's me what about we're... your genitals. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that, really. But, like, if you want to say something about it, you could talk to me yeah, about it. Yeah, I don't it. mean to make light. I'm just being silly, but, no, yeah. No, no. You're fine. Whoop. We can... That's the dog. The dog got freaked out. Yeah. Um. No, like we can joke about stuff because yeah. that's what we do, and shitty things happen, and sometimes you're in pain, and sometimes you know you have weird medical conditions you have uh-huh. to Google frequently, yeah. like I do, and you laugh about it because that's what you do. But that is the semi-serious edition of weird things <laughs> I've googled. Yeah. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> Hope you guys liked it. Oh, man. Now that you, nobody's listening anymore. You let's, know uh... <laughs> me real well. Oh, my God. 
yeah, that's well, you know, it's it is probably very important to talk about it. I was not expecting this at all. It is. I know you weren't. I debated <laughs> whether or not I was going to do it, and I was like, you know what? I'ma do it. I'ma do it. So the listeners to this podcast now know in real time what I sound like when I'm real awkward about something. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 something. They're learning a lot about both of us. Yeah, less so about my genitals, but they know a lot about me. We can change that. We will not. Um, <laughs> we're gonna take a break, <laughs> and when we come back, we're gonna come back with the main segment for the show. So please stick around <laughs> if you're still there. Christy is re-burritoed in her blanket. Mm-hmm. And take a little pee-pee. Is it too cold down here? No, I like it. Okay. I, I just like to be burritoed. Hey, I was thinking we should watch a spoopy movie tonight. Spoopy movie? This is probably not the time movie. to tell you that. <laughs> well, we were just on break. Yeah. But what spoopy movie? I don't know. Well, you were talking about, you know, Friday the 13th, and then I got to thinking about Halloween. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, There is a spoopy slash funny movie with Adam Scott in it that I've heard is good that's on it's not this netflix. new netflix thing is it the it new, is on it's netflix like, it's a netflix original about it's the babysitter little evil no it's oh. not babysitter okay although i kind of want to see that movie. one um i've i've heard varying things about it but i have heard some recommendations of it i'd watch it yeah you know i like scary movies yeah i especially i'm not really i'm not very depressed right now but when i am depressed i love watching like thriller movies and like scary movies that's the old ticker going yeah the adrenaline rush probably is what it is it helps and also i like watching movies that are like real bad though and Mm -hmm. it just makes me feel happy yeah i don't know maybe we should watch something like that tonight maybe we will if we do, we'll probably not tell you about it. We probably won't. Because um, we only talk about very personal issues. <laughs> oh my God. Really, honest to God, I cannot wait to see the emails about that one. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> you gotta, be great. You got to be brave. Um, now, you're going to tell me about something. Would you like to introduce <laughs> this topic? Sure. I know very little about it, mm-hmm. but we've mentioned Jen. Mm-hmm. Friend of the podcast and listener many times. Good friend. Um, she's a very good friend. And on her list that she gave us, um, I since I recently did something from her list, you wanted to do something from the list next. That's right. So I went through and picked one. And we had done like a quick Wikipedia reading of the first couple of sentences of all of these. Yeah, just the brief two-sentence summary of each topic on the list. Which I immediately forgot, so I had to <laughs> re-go back through and do again for myself. And the SS Oros, O-U-R-O-S? It's the, the Oorang. Oorang, okay. Yes, and I've come to find the full name is the Oorang Maidan. Okay. Um, it sounded interesting. I don't know very much about it. Mm-hmm. You have alluded to the fact that there's a lot going on with this story, which is exciting. Yes, I had a lot of fun researching this one. And in some sense, I guess the 
the fun for me is as much about the story of the Orang Medan as it is about the telling of the story of the Orang Medan, which will make more sense when I have finished telling you all about it. Okay. Um, well, let's the, do it. Yeah, let's do it. I have this titled Orang Me, Dan. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh. And you threatened to twist I my know, head off. I know. I, if, if you wanted to twist my head off right now, I would understand. Uh, my arms aren't long enough to reach you. And I'm very comfortably burritoed. So, let me start with a brief introduction about the Orang Maidan. Uh, the SS Orang Maidan is a Dutch freighter. Uh, in February of 1948, the story goes, it suffered a strange disaster event, the details of which are still somewhat disputed. Uh, there was an SOS call, and that prompted a very grim investigation. Ooh. Uh, that's the, the sort of the bullet points beginning of this story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time of this emergency, in February of 1948, uh, the Orang Medan was off the Indonesian coast, uh, which is, uh, this is according to an article uh, in the Proceedings of the Merchant Marine Council, which is a publication of the U.S. Coast Guard. Okay. There's another account uh, in the Dutch-Indonesian newspaper, this is going to be fun, De Lokomotief, Samarang's Handles on Adventure T. Blad. <laughs> which I will just call the locomotive. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the uh, According to that article, it was not off the Indonesian coast. It was about 400 miles southeast of the Marshall Islands. So already at the very beginning of researching this, I started to find some dispute. Uh-huh. Right? About the basic events right. of this story. Like there should not be dispute <clears throat> right. That large of a dispute on where it was located. Now, if you're like me and you're really bad at geography, let me I tell am. you, Indonesian coast versus 400 miles southeast of the Marshall Islands is is not a small difference. Uh, that would be something like the distance uh, one and a half times the width of Australia. So okay. We're, we're talking far. Yeah. Um, like really far. Australia is huge. Yeah. Australia is pretty big. Uh, and this is this. I mean, it's it's it seems like the kind of thing that wouldn't just come from an accidental. Well, anyway, I'll get into it. Um, even the date of the event isn't really agreed upon. Some said it occurred in June 1947. Mm-hmm. Others said it occurred in February of 1948. So for the official going for it is right. It's it's, it's over half a year. Um, I'm going to start with February 48 for the date. But I'm going to come back to this. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any primary sources for this. So I've had to go through, you know, what people have had to say about it and what they've cited. But I didn't, I don't have access to the Coast Guard publication. And the Dutch newspaper is, well, you know, I can't In read Dutch. it. So if anyone can read Dutch, let us know. So I don't have any primary source. Uh, but I'm going to start by telling the, the details of the incident as it was told in The Locomotive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, February 1948, two American vessels in the Strait of Malacca intercept a strange distress call from the Orang Medan. The SOS call reads like this. SOS from Orang Medan. Pause. We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole of crew dead. And then another long pause. 
a whole bunch of unintelligible Morse code comes through the system before the last legible words are, uh, I die. Ooh. And then That's silence. That's real creepy. I got chills again. I know. Um, so this is all transmitted via Morse code. All via Morse some code. Some of it essentially gibberish Morse yeah. code. Some of it was like unintelligible <laughs> or maybe just poorly transcribed, right? But they knew some Morse code because they were able to put together at least yes. part of an intelligible message. So it's hard to determine exactly what was happening there. And of course, maybe again... Maybe there was like a tussle and... Yeah. And there's so few primary sources on this that like what we have, that story is the closest I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I, you know? Um, this message... Prompts a search mission. Of course. Right. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's the right thing Can to do. Can you imagine being on the receiving end of that message and being like, so horrifying. what the fuck? Yeah. Um, the Silver Star, which is one of the ships in the area, uh, <laughs> locates the boat and the crew is caught by complete surprise. Uh, the board, the, the board appears, the, the board, I did. I don't, I'm not, I don't know what I meant there. So the, the boat, <laughs> the ship, the vessel is completely undamaged from the outside, right? doesn't okay. appear to have, it doesn't have any visible signs of damage. So when they board the ship, all over the, all over the bridge are people, you know, corpses laying on their backs with their mouths wide open Ooh. in like anguished expressions. Ooh. Some of them are reaching up towards the sky. Right? Oh, God, I'm so creeped out. <laughs> There's no sign of bodily injury on any of them. Okay. The carcass of a dog is found. On a There's boat? A, a dead dog on, on a boat, yeah. This is, I'm telling you what the locomotive says. Okay. Right? That's so weird. I know. I know, it is. Uh, an important part of this story is the way that it was relayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was a survivor of the Orang, right, who swam to shore at some point. They told the story, uh, they, they swam to the Tuangi, Tuangi, Tuangi Atoll. I'm saying that wrong. I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, in the Marshall Islands. Uh, they, uh, this person, the survivor told his story to a missionary. The missionary told the story to a man named Silvio Shirley. Of Triste, Italy. So they played a game of telephone with yes. this story. It goes from the the the, the survivor who swims ashore to the missionary to Silvio Shirley. Now, do you know in the passing along of this story, if this survivor that swam ashore, if he said he was the one who sent the transmission? That much isn't mentioned. Okay. That much is not mentioned. Okay. Um, this is the point where I need to stop and take a detour. Okay. Because I was starting to get kind of skeptical about something. Mm-hmm. There's a photo that is circulated on all these websites and, and news, you know, stories and yeah, news stories, you know, all the all the places that carry this story. Right. All seem to circulate this photo. It's of someone on their back, mouth kind of half open, looking terrified, hand kind of out to the side, uh, left hand out to the side. Right hand kind of over the chest or belly, mm-hmm. right? Can and, you show me? Uh, yeah, I could actually. Um, and I will do that. Uh, so the this 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 picture is is cited everywhere as like, you know, uh, one of the crew members who uh, who perished on the ship. And I'm going to pull this photo up for you now. Uh, something about it didn't look right to me. 
I'm going to show it to you. Do you see this? The face looks like a mannequin face. I was getting curious. I thought this this looks almost like a prop. Right. It looks like a movie prop or yeah. something. And also, like, when, when did this happen? What year? It was meant to be 1948. I mean, they they had cameras, but did they have one on like a local ship, like a nearby ship? They just happened to have one. This is the second thing that caught me: is if they have cameras and they took pictures, why is there just this one? Right, and it's very close up. It doesn't look like a human face. It looks like a looks mannequin odd. or a prop or something. You're right. So naturally, I took off on a goose chase inside a goose chase. It's what we do. <laughs> um, we do it. So well, you don't gotta goose chase your goose chases. <laughs> Let us goose chase your goose chases for you. I'll goose chase the goose chase of that goose chase. Um, basically, this photo. The reason I got really skeptical is it. It looked it. This this is used by people who claim that maybe there was a UFO related incident on okay. the Orang Medan, right? So understandable skepticism. <clears throat> right. So right off the bat, I'm looking at it a little bit differently. Uh. So. Yeah, I just thought, you know, it didn't it didn't seem likely that this happened. So I did a reverse image search. Ooh, technology is great. I know. We have all this powerful googling at mm-hmm. our fingertips. So I searched for that photo. Mhm. What I found in similar images was another photo. It wasn't sepia toned. It was in full color. It was an old photo. It looked blurry, you know, it looked like a like an older photo. It was attached to an article from Snopes about something called the the Minnesota Ice Woman, I believe. Do I have that right? No, just the maybe just the the Ice Woman. I can't. But the, a woman named Jean Hilliard, right? Mm-hmm. Who was found frozen solid in December of 1980. This happened. A Ooh. woman was in a car accident. Was found outside of her vehicle, frozen solid, couldn't find a pulse on her, thought she was dead. She makes a recovery. She literally thaws out. Oh my god. She was frozen for hours. Oh. Hours. They couldn't. I mean, I guess if you have hypothermia, if you froze quickly enough, everything would just kind of slow down. Yeah. She was found in temperatures, was it minus 20 or minus 40? It was something insane. Okay. It was so crazy she, temperatures. She froze like, she, like flash quickly. Froze. Yeah, like a chicken cutlet. Oh, uh-huh. I don't want to be no chicken cutlet. <laughs> yeah, she didn't either. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jean. Mm. Yeah, Jean Hilliard. She survived? Uh, she survived. They thought she was dead. You go, Jean Hilliard. I couldn't believe it. I had to go and look around other places to try and find proof of this, and it's cited all over the place. It's a badass bitch right there. Uh, yeah, right? Like, apparently, when the body goes into that, that freeze, mm-hmm. you can survive for a very long time on the very limited functions... That your body is... That's crazy. I know. I mean, That's they, really cool. They couldn't find a pulse. They couldn't That's tell she was breathing. That's a great goose chase in a goose chase. Uh, yeah, right? All this comes from trying to find the source of that original photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but that's the thing that after all this, I went, why do they even use this photo for the the Orang Medan thing? The true story is way cooler. So that was actually a picture of her? That was a photo of her. The photo that I oh just showed you. Can I see that photo again? I will show again? you again. Because it really, it doesn't look real. It doesn't. It, it's because she's frozen right. solid. It doesn't look like a real face. But now that I look at it closer, 
Knowing that she's frozen? Yeah. That makes sense. First of all, it becomes apparent that it's a woman once you know that. Right. And second of all, you realize that the body on the deck isn't wearing, like, officer's clothes or, like, anything that resembles, like, Right. A... It's like a sweater and, yeah. I don't know, some, some kind of pants. But, like, it, it doesn't look like any kind of uniform. Um, it does look like a frozen woman, though. Yep. Ooh. Unbelievable story. Look it up. Gene Hilliard. The ice that woman that lived. is amazing. Uh-huh, right? Oh, God, that's so cool. I know. That was my first, that was, that was my first indication <laughs> this was going to get real cool. So if you're going to freeze to death, do it quickly. Do it real quickly. And then we can thaw you out. And thaw carefully. Yes. <laughs> yes. But. No, Blow dryer on very low heat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, put yourself in a convection oven, but just put it on real low and leave real the door open. Real low. Like 10% power. Yeah. Um, so back to the orang, right? Mm -hmm. The Silver Star crew are unable to identify the cause of this incident. Again, there's nothing obvious about the bodies that indicates any kind of damage to them. As they're preparing a line to tow the orang back to port somewhere, a fire breaks out in the fourth cargo hold. The, the, The rescue parties all abandon the ship. They watch from a distance as it explodes, burns, sinks. Oh. Yes. Mysterious fire leads to mysterious explosion. Ship just goes down. That's so weird. It is very weird. Uh, I think, to me, the most remarkable thing is that this is the end of the story. They don't... <laughs> there's no more information. Um, shipping registers don't have any... There's no information about what it might have been carrying. No official information about what it might have been carrying. This, I think, is why there's still so much speculation about this. Right. Is there's no official information about what might have been on the ship or what was, you know, what was, what caused this. Right. And the story, I'm sure, is convoluted because <clears throat> it was told by a, you know, supposed survivor who related to someone who related to someone else. And mm-hmm. the details are real weird and creepy. And, like, I have so many ideas of what could have caused it, but it... It's like you don't even want to go down that road because you don't even know if the facts right. are facts. There's so much left open here that, <clears throat> that that at this point I'm already very, very skeptical about what I've read, right? Right. We don't have a lot of official information. Mm-hmm. What we do have, and there are theories about what might have caused this, and one of those comes from, again, Silvio Shirley, mm-hmm. who tells the story to the locomotive, Right. Right. He is told, and he reports, that it was carrying wartime nerve agents and chemical weapons. I was going to say, something that I thought of was, I I didn't go to aliens, because that's not me. Right. But I thought something like that. Poison, Chemical weapon, a poison, maybe some kind of, like... Yeah. Insects. <laughs> yeah. Because you can certainly imagine if people are all like like unable to breathe or like right. their respiration is affected, going down, clutching their chests, holding their hands out. Right. That, that would be a common panic response. Yes. To um, uh, like anaphylactic shock or that kind of thing. Yeah. And when I got to this point in the story, I thought that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, explains the, it explains the crew, the way they were found. Um, it makes sense in the timeline of world history. Because we're talking like 1948. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, before and around this time, chemical weapons are actually heavily in use in a lot of places. Right. You know? Um, the whole crew being wiped out without bodily injury, 
during this time period in particular. Makes sense to me. And I start yeah. to go, okay, that's a feasible explanation, right? Yeah, the kind of disjointed SOS message of like... Yeah. Seems kind of hasty and, and some of it's garbled. Like, if you're basically on the verge of not being able to breathe... I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, that would account and, for that too. And if I would imagine where they have like the system to do the the Morse code yeah. might be in a room behind a door. Yeah. So they might be being affected less quickly than everybody else. Yeah, you might think so, yeah. I yeah, that's that's certainly um, I mean that's just supposition. Well, right. I don't really know anything, but But no, it's it's not unimaginable. I mean it's you, yeah. you start so they to could see have like that... bought themselves a couple extra seconds to like send this message. Yeah. Um other people theorize <laughs> specifically as regards to the fire, the explosion, that the fire starts which starts to you know, basically open the, the the hole somewhere or creates an opening. Water gets in, hits nitroglycerin, starts an explosion. Okay. Right? I mean, that makes that makes some kind of sense to me. I don't know. The, the claim was that nitroglycerin in contact with water will explode. I don't... I didn't actually do the homework to see if that would actually happen. But I guess if enough people are supposing it, then... Are you about to Google this right I'll now? Google it right no, now. Don't, no, 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 no. I want to do is it. My, this is my goose chase. You back but off. I, <laughs> I love googling. I know. We're gonna roll with this for the moment. Okay, I'll um, let you roll with it. It's but but I think the part that that didn't line up for me was trying to figure out how a fire would open a hole in a big freighter like that. Right. You know, it. Uh, I I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine exactly how water would get in at this point, even if there was a fire. It was an iceberg. <laughs> Iceberg. Dead ahead. <laughs> um, here's where this whole story hits a huge curveball. There's more? There is more. And oh it goodness. starts to illuminate what I think is the real nature of this. And this is why you'll see why I started to get more interested in the telling of the story than the story itself. Right. Um, in recent years, there has surfaced another account of these events. Okay. People were unaware, you know, that it had been published until, I'll just say this, it was documented in the Daily Mirror and the Yorkshire Evening Post in England in 1940. Okay. Eight years beforehand, two separate British newspapers uh-huh. published accounts of these events. Okay. This got so interesting to me. And I want to stop here and give credit where credit is due. So, there is a it's a it's a blog website, right, uh, called the Skittish Library, mm-hmm. which is maintained by a woman named Estelle Hargraves in Liverpool. Okay, the whole purpose of her blog is to publish uh, online a bunch of out of print oddities and curiosities and weird sort of things from past printings. Strange, uh, like, illustrations and advertisements. Stuff that could otherwise be lost. Yeah, like little curiosities that you won't see anywhere else. That's really cool and admirable. I think, yeah, just looking at it, I thought it was pretty cool to begin with. Um, We should uh, dig through that a little bit, see if there's anything else interesting for us to cover. Yeah, there may well be. I I think there could be a whole treasure trove of of things in there. 
Hey, oh. if any of our listeners want to take a look and see anything that strikes their fancy on her website and yeah. drop us a line, that'd be cool. So, um, she is the first, I believe, to identify this story in print a full eight years before what had previously been the officially agreed upon dates of the Orang disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote here that she seems like a fascinating historian in her own right. I don't really know how she would describe what she does. I don't know if she'd call herself a historian. Um, I don't know how she'd describe her work. But I, I mean, just from the brief description of it, I'd call her a historian. Yeah. She's at least a preservationist. Yeah, right. Um, I have a link to this, which I'm going to put in the description of this this episode, because she did a fantastic job of documenting this uh, and sort of sussing out, you know, like dates and geography and math and all this stuff right i i would really like to read through this This sounds really cool so i just want to be clear that a lot of what i'm going to talk about right right now is entirely to the credit of estelle hargraves i don't want to steal her thunder in any way here um so she found a bunch of discrepancies uh in the her article which was dated december 29th of 2015 Mm -hmm. uh the 1940 version of this story places the location 4,000 miles away in the Solomon Islands. Mm-hmm. The SOS message is reported differently. Uh, in the message that it reports, uh, they, they call for medical assistance on the Orang. Then they call off medical assistance. Then they specifically request a warship's assistance. And then they leave off on the last words, our crew has. The implication is crew has died or crew has perished or something right, like that. Right, the crew has, something has happened. Yeah. The Silver Star, the ship that that was purported to have tracked them down, mm-hmm. isn't mentioned. But she discovers in her research that in 1948, the time that the, the, loco, the, the locomotive mm-hmm. uh, reports all of this, the Silver Star wouldn't have been there. It wouldn't have been over in that region. It would have been... Sailing around Brazil, and it would have been known as the SS Santa Cecilia. So it wouldn't have been in the region that the locomotive reported that it had been. Yes. In 1948, that ship would have had a different name and been in a different place. That ship would have sailed. (laughs) Yes. It would have (laughs) sailed right the hell out of there and been somewhere else. Uh, The 1940 story also doesn't mention any survivor. Okay. So how... How did they know? Uh, it's, I mean, aside from the SOS message. The 1940 story is told from the point of view of, of a Marine officer from the rescuing ship. Okay. Right? Okay. And they say nothing. Did they say anything about the crew in that story of how they're found? Or? Uh, it did say it did, it did did say that they perish, but it didn't say, you know, anything. No, about, like, spooky details. No grisly about, details. Like, and that was another very clear discrepancy she identified. The grisly details are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of this is really interesting as far as differences. You right. know, these are very peculiar differences. Also, the dateline on the 1940 story is from Trieste, Italy. The same place in 1948 where Silvio Shirley is when he reports the story. Okay. So, between the 1940 story and the 1948 story, the location of the telling... Is it's the, the same. same. Interesting, right? That's weird. She finds this to mean or strongly imply that Silvio Shirley is in the mix in both stories. Yeah, I. so when you were 
going through the first part of this story, I started to think, who is this guy? Yeah. Like, it, I would want to research that guy. He, he's, he's pretty elusive. I will say this. People, there are some people, some of her readers, who have done even more homework and found information about him, like when he traveled to and from America, which he did several times to and from <laughs> Italy. Wow. Like, they were able to find his comings and goings in official records. People, They're the real heroes. I know. Like, these are the these are the real goose chasers. Seriously, like I want to I want to just stop and be like, what we are doing here by comparison to what they did is like bullshit. Like this, they absolutely they went through records and That's took so time. Cool. And That's I just so cool. I really want to give these people props. That's amazing. Again, Estelle Hargraves uh, in her post, I can't say her name enough because this is this is such good work. This is fascinating. Um, so that Silvio. In 1940, uh, the, the, or uh, rather, uh, sorry, she she believes that Silvio Shirley told the story in 1940 and continued telling the story on some level. Okay. Including up and, and into telling it as though it were a new and recent event in 1948. I don't know that she necessarily believes it. I should say she finds it plausible, Right. Right, she finds it plausible that he's just telling a story over and over again and trying to get it to go viral in modern uh, terminology. This is where the, this is what it starts to look like. Uh, this whole thing, I'm gonna say it right now. This whole thing makes me think of like the things you see on Facebook all the time that you then go to Snopes to debunk. Is is like someone just telling a story to get it to spread far and wide. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's rooted in truth and sometimes it's completely false. Mm-hmm. But the details get so manipulated. Yeah. And you'll see the same story about like 10 different places from 10 different times. But the details are all like similar or slightly changed. Yeah. It, it sounds like that. Because we know Silvio is the source in 1948. Mm-hmm. We, we don't... suspect he might be in 1940. Yes. And if that's the case, there's a narrative that starts to emerge here, right? Um, even in 1948, when the locomotive published it, they were really clear they couldn't provide any other data on the story other than the testimony of Silvio Shirley. Mm-hmm. They were, like, pretty clear about it. They, the, He was their only real data point. Right. Um, it's almost a little suspicious that they went out of their way to say, this is just what one guy told us, right? This is what Silvio said. Yeah. This also explains why the 1948 story is so much more grandiose than the 1940 story. If you're trying to get something to latch on, you're trying to get people to listen, you're going to keep making more and more grandiose claims. In the intervening years between 1940 and 1948... Just to name a few things, the grotesque expressions of the crew pops mm-hmm. up. A dog pops up on board <laughs> that wasn't there before. Yeah. The SOS goes from ending with the crew has to I die. Mm-hmm. Such a dramatic, literally telegraphing out you're going to die, right? Right. All of this stuff creeps in over the course of the eight years between the two stories. It, it sounds like someone telling themselves a story. Like, it sounds like telling a spooky story over and over again and, and improving <coughs> and making it creepier and creepier. Yes. 
So this is where I want to come to a kind of a conclusion with a twist. Okay. Um, Sounds delicious. I would like a conclusion with a <laughs> conclusion twist. Conclusion with a twist of lime, please. <laughs> um, here's basically the conclusion that nobody wants to hear. It's kind of like the boring floor falling out. Mm-hmm. But plain and simple, nobody has yet found any evidence on paper that a ship registered as the SS Oran Medan existed at all. I was going to say, like, they, they couldn't find any records of, like, what it had on it. Whether it existed at records. all, whether it was carrying something, none of this has yet, and it's probably the most commonly dropped end of conversation, you know, point about this mystery. We right. still can't prove it existed. It just, it probably just didn't happen at all. It's not totally disqualifying. That proof could be out there. But seeing as it doesn't exist... The truth is out there. <laughs> the skeptical thing to do is just say, we, mm. you know, maybe it didn't. Yeah. Maybe it didn't. It, and even perhaps it probably didn't. That said, even though it's a lame detail, it is somehow inconsequential to me. Because for me, <clears throat> this goose chase got way more interesting than whether this ship existed or not. And what actually happened to it. Right. You you tripped all over the internet on this one. <laughs> I really did. That's I tra- awesome. I, I traipsed about. Um, for me, the story of the SS Oren Maidan is one more about the stories that we tell ourselves and our propensity to believe them. Um, in my research at large, I came across so many disputed dates, locations, photos, that were not even of the thing they were supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Uh, people grasping at strange explanations, UFOs and World War II weapons and shady shit. Um, the equivalent of... This whole thing to me is the equivalent of an Italian big fish story that rose to such legendary status that people are still talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It fascinates me. Yeah, I mean, really... I think this is just a reminder... That there have always been people. I think you and I are both guilty of this. We're we're in the internet age. We're on Facebook all the time. And we kind of get annoyed when people just share these stories around that like are obviously not true. Or like make our little skeptic alarm bells ring. And we go, okay, let's go over to Snopes. And in five seconds you find out it's not real. But... It's kind of a nice, sweet reminder that we've always been doing this. Whoops. <laughs> we got some audio creeping in. Okay. Um, that, that we've always done this thing. It's a lot easier and faster to disseminate the information these days, but we've always told tall tales. Yes. And the, they used to get passed around in different ways, mm-hmm. but we've always done this. Yeah. And that's probably what this is, but the fact that... We found out so much cool stuff along the way. Yeah. I don't even care if the story is fake. We found out about a badass lady who was frozen (laughs) nearly to death. Like a hot pocket. And then just back to life. Bam. They microwaved her for a minute and 30 seconds and she was edible again. They put her in one of those big cardboard sleeves and what do you know? Yeah. That's how they did it. (laughs) True facts. (laughs) So my general takeaway on this, right? General Uh, takeaway? It's one... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's one very large legend about a ship that may or may not have existed 
popularized by paranormal writers, internet conspiracy theorists. All of that seems to me to have been thoroughly Swiss-cheesed by a hard-working, thoughtful researcher in Liverpool, England, with just a bit of research and some tenacity. Right? <sighs> She's my new hero. At the very least, I think she demonstrated the story is inconsistent with previous incarnations of itself. Yeah. At the very most, she provides what I think is a pretty compelling argument that it was a tall tale allowed to grow ever taller with some help from some lazy journalists, you know, right. in Holland. <laughs> right? <laughs> Where uh, they all go. <laughs> you know, just you know, the lazy attribution of, well, we don't really have any other facts other than what this guy tells yeah, us. I mean, good for them for being like, this is our only yeah, source. But, but that but gets also, lost like, in the mix. Right. It's also like, if that's your only source, why are you writing about it? She's the only person who I read that cited that fact. Right. It's a really, really important detail. She's the only one that mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why I just, you know, the thing I want people to take away from this is that anybody with, with some curiosity, the willingness to do some work, can do their part to try and make the world a more sensible place and not a more senseless one. Right. I'm all for a good spooky story. I'm all yeah. for, like, every now and then buying in and going for a ride. But... Also, like, sometimes it goes too far, and sometimes you really need to know the truth, and yeah. sometimes you're fascinated by something, and you have to, like, go on that ghost chase like we're doing <laughs> yeah. every week. Yeah. And, and figure out as much of the truth as you can find. Yeah. And good for her for doing kind of what we do in a way more badass and, like... Yeah, much more badass. Skilled way. Uh, that's that's really what I wanted to conclude this with and say just hats off to Estelle Hargraves of the Skittish Library. Please check them out. And uh, hats off to everyone willing to keep doing their part to solve mysteries uh, rather than inflate and sustain mysteries. Right. Uh, fellow, I, fellow researchers at heart, kindred spirits. Yeah. I mean, I have I so much that. respect for... I have so much respect for... That kind of work and the the impact that it has in the world. I want to go read everything on the website. The thing is, I, I don't think most of it is of this nature, but it's a cool it's a cool publication. And I'm still gonna read all of it. Yeah, yeah it, des- <laughs> it deserves you know at the very at the very least it deserves your 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 attention. It's very cool. Jen, that was so good. Uh, that was so good, Jen. Thank you for that, that suggestion. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Seriously, Jen, thank you for for suggesting the. Uh, Oorang Madan. Uh, it didn't go the direction I thought it would at all. Yeah, you know, when I gave that to you as the topic, I kind of was like, you know what? Them, I don't know much about it, just like the couple sentences I read on Wikipedia, but mm-hmm. it might end up being like kind of a boring story of like, hey, this is a weird thing that happened, but we know what happened. I had no idea it was going to go <laughs> where it went. So uh, the the depth excellent. of this thing surprised me. Yes. And I really, I feel like uh, it's it kind of got to the nature of what this show is all about in the first place. Absolutely. And so, again. I got I got chills down my spine. I got little, <laughs> like, warm feelings in, around where my heart is. Yeah. I, it's This is a feel-good episode. Yeah. Um, so keep researching out there. Yeah. And, guys, this is exactly why we want your suggestions, because I'd never heard of this. David never heard of this. Mm-hmm. And if Jen hadn't suggested it, 
we wouldn't have such a cool story to talk about because yes. we we went th- for a ride. <laughs> it was amazing. I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. So please email us your suggestions or reach out to us mm-hmm. in another way. Let us know if you have any ideas. Let us know what you're thinking about the show. Uh, stay in touch. Yeah, this has been Goose Chase. Goose Chase. And we will <laughs> see you in another week with another episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod. And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you would like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. Want to go on a goose chase? Yes.